What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump in today's episode, I want to remind you to go check out my band, Run With It. We are back online and we are back rolling. You can find us at Run With It Band anywhere you follow people at, and that is at Run With It Band. You can also check out our Run With It Daily podcast and everything else we're up to at runwithitband.net. That is runwithitband.net. And now to today's episode. Today we have Lane Schuler. He is a rap artist and one half of the touring poetry duo INK. He traveled the country performing at some of the nation's most prestigious colleges and largest convention centers. You've seen him on HDTV, Oxygen Network, TV One, and this winter he'll be on the Food Network. And keep an eye out for the upcoming release of season three of his hip-hop music catalog. And in today's episode, we talk about the power of confidence and its effect on the art you create. Lane also shares his story of developing into a rapper and how that led him into the world of poetry and how that poetry helped fund his venture into real estate. Lane has a great and unique story, and no doubt you will enjoy it. The Live and Create Podcast. The bio you sent me, and I've known you for a while. But I never yeah. knew you were on HGTV. I never knew you were on Oxygen Network. How right. come you're holding out on me? You never told me these things. You know, usually, though, at NACA, <laughs> we did NACA uh, Central together in 2019, mm-hmm. which, by the way, shout out to uh, Eastern New Mexico University. We were so grateful for them. They saw us at NACA Central in fall of 2019, and they booked us this summer. Hell so yeah. like they've had us sort of front of mind this whole time. And it, so like, that's really cool. So shout out to them. They're waiting. As soon as the world opens back up, we're going to bring them yeah, in. <laughs> basically it's like, they got us circled. So Valencia Ray, all y'all, thank you so much for, uh, for continuing to believe in us. But um, when, when, when they announce us at those things, they usually will say, you see them on uh, GSN courageous was on a game show network dating show. Oh, and okay. Say, nice. you know, seen them on HGTV, the biggest thing, and it might be in my bio. I don't remember um is we're going to be on food network i saw that channel yeah that's awesome well and i noticed you've been doing like the recipe stuff and like hosting uh with all that and so is that where did it come out of that and if you want just breaking down for the people listening like what you guys have been doing and then how it got you to the food network which is man one just congrats and brilliant but yeah break that down how you how you made that happen you know so we we did scott tallarico from neon entertainment who is i'm eternally grateful for he uh, he took a chance on us um to come back to the industry we kind of hung it up so we're not gonna do this anymore and then we said you know what, let's let's come back and he took a, a chance on us and we've had a great time with them but he when the COVID thing first started he's like I've got some artists that are like, we're doing, we ain't doing virtual. It's just not part of our thing. So it's like, think about what you want to do. And if you have programs, then do them, put them together. So one program we did was, um, was a cooking show. And I think one program we did, which we never got booked for, oddly enough, was a uh, virtual Christmas wrapping thing. We teach people how to wrap Christmas presents and then we do, Uh, you know, poetry. That's a great Um, idea. I yeah, <laughs> I don't think we booked a single one. We booked somebody, but it's like marketing though. Somebody booked it and they're like, hey, that sounds like a cool idea. You don't have to do the present wrapping though. You can just do poetry. And I'm like, there it is. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thank the whole you. reason we signed up for this. I didn't want to do that anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so we had this sort of like background pedigree. We had some shots that we've done in a kitchen with our Cook for You poem, which you can see 
um, online. You can link them in the in stuff or something. I don't know how it works. I don't know how this podcast works with all these these kids. But anyway, so we had that, <laughs> and um, Food Paradise was coming to town, and they were doing a show nearby, and they needed heroes, which in reality TV is a lot of times the heroes like the thing that you focus on, right? Like the main shot. You're not in the background. You're not sort of okay. auxiliary. You're like the main guy. So I need a heroes for this uh, this restaurant that I don't think I can name right now because it's not been announced. Okay. But um, they uh, we were able to send them all our stuff. And I knew the owner of the restaurant and said, hey, look, we need to be the hero for this shot. Here's our background. We Because when we travel, and you've probably gone to restaurants with us, where like, we circle the map. We figure out the best, hottest the, these diners, spots. drive-ins and dives, the food right. paradise, the man versus food. And we've been to a hundred of these things. So they told the producers, like, we got to get those guys in as the hero. So you'll see us probably in December, maybe January. I'd say January at this point, uh, munching on some cinnamon rolls and stuffing nice. our faces with some delicious cinnamon rolls. So, yeah, that is coming soon. We will be promoting the heck out of that. Well, and I, I love the creativity of like, hey, the world's shut down, but how can we still engage people online? Yeah. And then I love that even that became yet just another step for you guys to something new. It's, yeah and it's amazing you know, what's funny is like i remember when we, we we were like yeah let's do it let's get it done but then i, I was like there was a little concerned i was like i don't know if i want to just sit here and yell at my laptop for an hour and a half but <laughs> we had to take a step back it's like why did we do this like why did we get into the creation portion of it was it so we could make money no that there's a lot of better ways to make money than this it was so we could impact people and right. is it better and easier to impact people in person? 100%. However, that wasn't an option. So we were able to hear stories and hear people's concerns. And we do this thing called the community poem, which is where if we have 20 people in the chat, we will secretly send somebody the first line of a poem. And then they write a, a line, send it back. And then we send it to that. everybody in the chat. And we're getting these pieces of these people's emotion and their anxieties over COVID. And, and, you know, I think, I think a lot of the students sort of maybe because of their age range, they're not, they were impacted in a different way. You know, that's like their parents are all pretty young still. Um, so I, I think they were impacted by it in a different way. Most of them were not at risk. Right. Um, but they, they were still having this overwhelming anxiety about like seeing the fabric of society sort of just tear apart. Right. Like it's, it's, that's a, it's, been one of the most eye opening pieces, honestly, even for me, you know? Yeah. And so when them with a college student just stepping out to the world for the first time, they're like, Oh shit, the world is not what I thought it was. It's yeah. It's like, it's all made up. <laughs> like the fine, the money's made up, the, the, <laughs> right. all the stuff we do is made up. Like it's like someone the, asked me, they were like, where did that money come for the, not to get necessarily get political, but like from the stimulus, I was like, well, there was like, there was like three buckets. And one of the bucket was like, no one knows. It's just like magic. They just added numbers. <laughs> yeah. It's magic. We're basically from what I understand, we're borrowing it from our future self. Right. Which, I borrow a lot of things from my future self, such as time, peace of mind, all those sorts of things. And then future lane gets to deal with that. Yeah, and whatever. It feels good right now. <laughs> it feels good. And let's think about how that works out for future lane. And then let's think about how that might work out for future earth for all this money we borrowed from our future selves. But right. <laughs> that's beside the point. But getting to learn about students in that way, close, uh, getting to chat with people one-on-one -on -one in their rooms, in their homes. 
uh, was super cool. We're gr- gr- so glad to be out there traveling again, even if we're someplace that's like not glamorous. It's glamorous to us. It's our first time seeing right. it, or if it's our second time seeing it, whether there's 10 people in the audience or a packed house, we're just, we're loving every minute of it and we're, we're trying to stay grateful. I feel you on that, man. Like even just being like, you know, backwoods, Arkansas, small college where we've times we got to go and then you connect with the students and you get to perform a show. And, and oftentimes some of those smaller places out of the way places find that people are almost more grateful that, that there's something there. Cause they don't have, it's not like living in, you know, like, well, you're closer to Nashville or like Kansas city or Chicago yeah. where there's this there's shit all around all the time. And the gratefulness there in that it's almost like the connection gets deeper at that point. So, yeah. And there's I like love a, that you, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say there's like a sweet spot with once you've done a lot of colleges, like super tiny colleges, like Amarillo college has always been one of our favorites. Amarillo is uh, a great spot. I love yeah. being there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we just, we just flew through there to get to Eastern New Mexico last week. And I was like, man, I wish we were playing Amarillo college, but they were on spring break at the time um, or fall break. Um, but like they're a small college and they're all, it's a junior college too. So they're only there for two or three years. Mm. And like, they're all mega excited, grateful, just glad to be in college, glad to have a shot. And then like the big colleges, like we did ball state recently and they're all excited. Cause it's like a big deal college with real deal football, but there's a, there's a, this weird zone where they're kind of like, man, I wish I wasn't at UT Johnson. I wish I was at the real <laughs> UT and like, they're, I, I, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, the small colleges are, are, are often super grateful and, some of the smallest shows we've ever done have been in bigger cities, like colleges in bigger cities. Cause like, right. they don't need to see us. We're probably like <laughs> the least talented person <laughs> with a microphone at that point. In time. I love the confidence that's exuding. At this yeah. Point. That's great. Know, yeah. <laughs> but I love that piece where you said, uh, you know, uh, you didn't get it into this necessarily for the money. It makes me think of um, Macklemore where I, I can't remember. It's, I, th- I think it's called make the money where he's like, if I had done it for the money, I've become a fucking lawyer. You know, it's like, there's a lot of better ways to make money. Um, and obviously we want to make a living off of it and, and yeah. grow that. But at the end of the day, like I've made money, more money, you know, doing other stuff. And so what was it that first like got you to start putting, you know, the, the pen to paper and then allowing those words to, to come out in a live setting when it comes to poetry and rap, what, what inspired you to do that? Uh, you know, I think a part of my story always has been my upbringing and where I'm from. So I'm from Townsend, Tennessee, which is a very small town, 30 minutes South of here. So we're an hour outside of Knoxville now. Um, so super small town, nobody in that town gave guitar lessons or singing lessons or piano like and if they did I just didn't know about it uh so like that wasn't really an option for me but you know you're an angsty teen and you want to express yourself so really my only option was rap I could I could hear rap I could study syllables and then I could figure out can I position my own thoughts and words in syllables the same way whereas like with singing you it's really hard to know if you're singing well like if that's that's hard to know (laughs) um it's like it's it, people all the time it's like there are online singing lessons and i have taken voice lessons before and like it's very much feedback like they they'll stop you and they'll look at your throat and they'll look at how your 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 right. trachea is if it's moving up then that's bad and a guitar lesson is like oh i did not hit the note i must now move my finger to where i can now hit the note 
as voice lessons, you don't have that, right? But with rap, it was kind of the same way. It's like, am I doing it or am I not doing it? Am I on beat or am I not? And I could figure that out on my own. Right. And and it was sort of the same thing when I moved. I went to college. I put out an album, Best Way to Get There. You can find that on all your major platforms. Um, well done. Way to slip yeah. that right in. I you know, it. it's 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 an old school album, but I think I've I, I ordered a thousand, and I was like, I may need two thousand, buddy, but we're gonna start with a thousand. And I think I maybe got through them all finally. I may have like a nice. handful more left. Yeah. Unless my parents secretly threw a bunch of them away. And if they did, thank you. Because now I have false confidence. Like, love you, son. Love I'll never know. So thank you for that. I think I sold them. <laughs> um, so I did that album and I was like kind of getting some buzz. You know, like when you're in college. Did you go to college? Yes. Yeah. Kansas State University is where oh, I Manhattan. eventually, after way too many years, uh, graduated. So yeah um got a couple friends of mine that went to my one friend of mine he went to kansas state um but anyways have you ever played kansas state as a like a college you know, market performer? i've never played uh the college itself we played in places in aggieville like their party district but yeah i've not played on campus out there so gotcha. yeah we've not we played to make that happen i don't think we've not played etsu or south carolina which are the two colleges i went to but anyways so when you're in college you have like this juice about like you kind of like you can kind of rule, you cannot build a little community and people believe in you because like everybody's around your age and then you graduate and then all of a sudden you have nothing like you're a loser again and it's super hard. So I came back and all of a sudden it's like I've got this angst again and I like I need to, to, to get it out but there's like not a really good hip hop scene in Knoxville at that time. So I was still like working on rap but then I discovered that courageous was running this poetry scene and i was like who's this guy he goes by courageous that's pretty cool so then i converted a lot of my rap stuff into more poetry stuff and then i started building poetry stuff from the ground up and that's sort of how those things kind of they meld together but they don't kind of weird now, and I love about seeing you guys perform, and for the audience, it's INK. Actually, you probably heard that in the bio, so I don't know why I decided to throw that back in there. But INK, make sure you check them out. The links are in there as well. Um, but what I love about you guys is I love spoken word in general. It's it's a thing I, I admire and love and connect with. Um, and often it's just done with one person, right? But then you yeah. two uh just the play off of each other even and back to cooking like i can't remember the name of the piece but it's the one where uh you're doing a, a recipe basically yeah. through the spoken word what's the name of that piece that's let me cook for you let me cook for you and it's yeah. just brilliant the way that you take like create all these pictures but the play back and forth is is very powerful where how long did it take like as you guys were working the scene together where you guys figured out like oh we need to be doing something together yeah, so I came on the scene in 2010, and I made finals at uh, Southern Fried, which is the Southern Regional Poetry Slam, and it's kind of like, you know, whoever does well there will often take their team on to nationals, um, and the next year, Courageous and I were on the same team in Atlanta for Southern Fried, and we started talking, one of our friends is like, kind of hated on poetry a little bit, he didn't feel like it was part of hip-hop culture, and we kind of thought, well, maybe it is, right, like, so that was the discussion Courageous and I were having. We're like, that's kind of the poem. So I sat down and wrote this poem out. And then I brought it back to him and said, let's do this as a duo piece. And we like nailed it. We That piece got us to group finals at the National Poetry Slam in Boston that summer, actually, wow. like three months later, if I'm 
So out the gate, you guys are seeing some really good stuff happening. Yeah. And, um, you know, life gets in the way, whatever. But (laughs) at the Southern Fried Convention, we met Asia Sampson of the Asia Project, which you've probably maybe bumped shoulders with before. Oh, wait, is she from up in uh, Philly? Original? no asia is a dude from oh okay so yeah i'm not thinking of the right person at all it was a, he was the poet and the guitar player that's the asia project yeah, so, so i don't know i don't know him yeah <laughs> obviously um, obviously um but he did this workshop where he basically just taught people how to get into the college market and we were like really? that would be cool and then courageous wanted to do, I, we're going to do it separately but i couldn't really get it together i couldn't I, I, it wasn't fun it wasn't it wasn't as rewarding me to travel by myself i love traveling with the poetry team um i nod i the obviously it's a audio podcast i'm nodding in agreement because i as doing solo stuff and then touring that way versus a band like my last tour was so grueling it was like two it was two weeks or something like that 15 days solo and I just wanted to stab my eye out by the end of it. Cause I'm like, man, I miss just the energy of, of being with people on the road. I'm still here. My, uh, actually that might be a good place to edit it out. I thought I put the right battery in for my camera. Gotcha. Um, do we need to fix your, change your battery? Yes. That's what I am doing real quick. Wait, I'm my phone real fast. I hope this is the right battery that I should have put in. All right, there we go. Sorry about that. But yeah, like touring, like you said, it's just not as fun. Like I missed that very quickly. And like, I almost felt bad for people that I showed up to the next venue because it's like after eight hours in a car by myself, like I was on the road the whole time and I was just like talking their ears off. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? (laughs) Tell me stories. Tell me things. Let's go uh, to dinner after this. Uh, (laughs) um, You have a square on your face. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we'll cool. keep that um, in. But so yeah, so yeah, there's a song by, and this is like my, um, it's like my COVID totem. You know, you ever seen the movie um, uh, Inception where they got the, the totem? Yeah. When we were in Denver, I was just running this album nonstop, and it was called um, "Hi, Everything's Great" by a band called Limbeck. Actually, recorded it in Kansas nice um it is in my opinion it is one of the it's like alt country before alt country was ever a thing it was in 2003 i mean alt country was a thing but like it brought it to the wider broader audience right and i just wore this album out but one of the lines in there on um, the song called silver things which is about it's kind of about money and how like you know silver things may not make your life great but the simple things will and uh, one of the lines was uh i didn't want to travel alone that much that, that's the line and it's like wow that, that reminded me of like when yes. IK first started it's like i could have made twice the money if i could have done all these shows but i didn't want to travel alone that wasn't fun to me traveling with somebody else was great and you know maybe if i travel by myself maybe i don't get half of these shows you know so right it, it's all it's all and there's right, certain so. energy that you guys bring together which i think is is powerful so yeah. so it was that moment where you you're like trying to put things together get in the college market and you just kind of oh, pitched yeah. it. Did you pitch it to Courageous or did he pitch it to you? Yeah. So I, I'd done an APCA 2012. It's been almost 10 years. And um, it, it was, I thought it went really well. I nailed my set. I had a bunch of people lined up, but I didn't have an agent. So it was like a disaster. It was bad. And then I was like, why don't I do this with Courageous? Cause I don't want to do it by myself. So I said, let's try to get on this TV show called Verses and Flow with, with Shakespeare. So we submit to Verses and Flow. 
And they were like, we love this. This is so great. Can you change this one line? <laughs> and it was a line where we talk about Paul McCartney wishing he was dead. Which I didn't think it's comedy, right? It's, it's kind of right. <laughs> supposed to ruffle some feathers. If it doesn't, it's not funny. That, that kind of hurts the piece. But right. me being, um, I don't say I don't have artistic integrity, but I understand the way things work. Before they could get the question out of their mouth, I was like, yes, I yes, we'll you. change it. We'll change it immediately. And so we're like, we'll change it. We'll change whatever you want. We're good. And then he made us come up with a name because we, we can't do Lane Chuler and Courageous. That's just weird. It's like, okay. <laughs> he used to have a, a little venue called, um, I think it was called The Ink. And I was like, well, let's, we can do Ink, but Ink's kind of weird. Let's do I-N-K. If it doesn't stand for anything, we'll come up with something later. Let's give them the name. I, dot, I love dot. that. <laughs> it's um, like, let's find the best story later. And, right, and we'll, we'll find the best story later. And now the story is, it stands for whatever you want it to stand for, man. Nice. Well done. Yeah. So well, like, I had a old lady walk up to me at a show when Run With It was first starting. Oh, and yeah. she asked me uh, the meaning behind it. And I, I swear, like, she was probably like 70, like short little old lady. Yeah. And... I just told her this, the lame, the lame true story. Well, I didn't think it was that lame, but I was like, we were, we were looking forever. And then, and I kept sending text messages out to the whole band and I would tell them like, Hey, let's choose it. And everyone would say no. And then finally I just sent three of them. And I said, uh, let's just pick one and run with it. And then someone else said, okay, let's use run with it instead. And I'm like, all right. And she looks at me kind of like you're looking at me right now. And she's like, <laughs> she was like, no, no, that's pretty lame. You should just make up a different story. She didn't, she didn't say lame, but you know, in her own own way, she's like, you really should just make up a different story. And that's I, just, I like that laughing. story though. <laughs> you I liked like, it? Who, oh, well, that's yeah, who, who picked the name? Um, I think maybe. It, do you remember Clint, our original yeah, bass player back in the day? I think he was the one who said, "Let's just pick it and run with it." If I, or I think he said, "Let's use run with it." I was the one who sent out the text of that. So, so okay, so it passes your test. And our market's not seventy-year-old women. So there you I, go. There you I go. think there you go. There you go. So, yeah, I liked it. Um. So anyway, so we we did all that stuff. And we're like, this is great. And then four days later, like, nah, we're going a different direction. Like, ah, but you have a name now. But we have a name now. And then we we had confidence, right? We had confidence. Right. We were like, okay, if this TV exec is this close to booking us, then surely a college agent is going to book us. So we submitted to two agencies we thought we had a shot with. The first one didn't get back to us. The second one hired us on the spot. He didn't send us a contract. And we were like, yes. So he's told him, yes. We're like, we're so excited. We're going with ABCD agency. This is going to be awesome. And um, hung up the phone with him. And about eight hours later, Tracy Wiggs from Just Wiggin calls us back. Finally, he got back to us. And then he signs us. So we had to go back and fire the first guy before we ever got to work with him. Uh, and there, folks, is why you send out contracts. Because, hey, yeah. they didn't do a contract. Well played. Well played. Yeah. So uh, so we worked with we worked with Tracy Wiggs for a while, and he, gosh, he said we we got to explore all of Georgia, which is honestly a pretty cool state. Um, um, it's honestly a pretty cool state, and we we had a good time touring Georgia and all that kind of stuff. Did you get out to like coastal history. Georgia at all? We we had one show in coastal Georgia, but the the we, no, we, the contract didn't get together. We would have loved oh, to man. have done that show, Armstrong Atlantic, which I don't think exists. It exists, but it's not the same name anymore. I don't think. But they booked us and it never, never materialized in anything. But we did yeah, a lot. There of was a, 
we did a show in coastal Georgia. I wish I wish I could remember the name of the the college, and it was a great show. Had a lot of fun, and then we got an Airbnb, and we're just following it along. And we're out. It feels like we're in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. we we drive in and we get into the place, get settled because it's super late at this point. Wake up in the morning, and then we're surrounded by marshes, and we're up and it's a house. What are they called? Uh, camps, the ones that yeah. are like on stilts, basically. Yeah. And and it's one of the most gorgeous places I had ever seen, but we're, we're literally surrounded by just marsh and realized all the roads we were driving in on. Like if we would have tried to pull off the shoulder, we would have went right into the water and we're like, Oh damn, this is crazy. But yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous spot. That was one, it was one place that I'd, I'd never been. And it was just kind of blown away by the scenery. It's awesome. Yeah. We, we just, we love, we always make time every show. We make time to go see something natural and exciting every single time always like you got to see what's out there you know you can just go to the hotel and do the show but why (laughs) exactly tell your 18 year old self hey you're gonna go do shows they're gonna fly over the country and you're just gonna go do this show and then go home immediately you'd be like no i want to go adventure i want to go see it i want to eat try all the food and all that kind of stuff like that's what you got to do well and those are the memories that i think stick around um in the end it's like when the band ended uh, and even during COVID, where it's just a lot of free time to sit and reflect like those, it's the random pizza shops in New York City or, you know, like the coastal Georgia thing of waking up feeling like we're in a Claritin D commercial. We're like, wow, this place is amazing. You know, you, you, uh, well, this, this idea of confidence, uh, I've heard the word confidence a few mm-hmm. times as we're talking, um, you know, what, what role do, do you feel like confidence plays for you? personally as you're stepping out as an artist whether in writing or performing it's always been big for me I think there's a fine line between like being critical of yourself and being so critical that you are paralyzed and I've kind of felt that way about hip-hop music for a while like I've made stuff that a lot of people have liked but I've always been kind of like "Ah, I can twist it I can make it a little better could the production be better could the recording be better and I'm not really heavily pushed it and this is maybe where we can talk about what I'm calling season three of my, my right. music career. Um, and I feel like I have met producers now that are, and particularly Will Johnson of um, Sonox Studios, uh, beatsbymake.com is his website. But he is just an absolute wizard. And he did live sound for INK for a while. But he's so good. He's so incredibly good about getting out of me what I want from a song and then putting new ideas in my head. So he's finally that. giving me the confidence. And he's he's very, with all of his artists, he's able to, to package them in such a way that they sound very good and that they can walk away feeling good about it. And he can, you get in there and you get pumped up. And when you leave the studio, you're like, this is actually really good. <laughs> finally, something that I'm super confident putting down. And that was a decision I made very beginning of this year. I was like, I'm going to throw down on this music. I'm going to put the stuff out there. We put out Calling All Cars and it was great. Got like 200,000 spins on TikTok. And um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I think our video got like 35,000 views on Facebook and Instagram, maybe more than that. So it was like really blowing up, got, got a lot of attention. So we're like, right. let's do this. So now we're in what we're calling season three, because I don't, I kind of don't believe in albums right now, at least for musicians of my stature. I feel like, I think it's all about the singles because you spend a lot of work making an album and that's 10 to 12 songs Mm -hmm. and you get to release it once. So that, how many Facebook posts is that? How many Instagram posts is that? And before you get mad, it's like, that's just the world, right? 
Like there was yep. a time when some guy played piano at everybody's houses. Like that's that's what you used to do. You would go to a concert <laughs> and you would buy. And you and I would have been screwed during that season. Like, right. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. I can't play piano. But like, let's say you'd go see a composer, and then merch. Then you'd buy the sheet music. Then you got the sheet right. music. You maybe can't play it. You maybe don't have a piano, but you probably do have a piano. So then you have the sheet music. Then you would hire piano players. So if you had a party, you would hire the player, give him the sheet music. He would play the music for you again. You'd get to experience it again. Right. So there were probably purists back then going, hey, this isn't this isn't fair. I um, they got to come <laughs> to my show. They can't just do this. Or, or and, that, and then piano players would have been like, hey, that's you can't have that wax cylinder. I, I, I play piano. That wax cylinder exactly. puts me out of we're in the that same shit's place fake right music that's right. fake <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're just in a different path and that's why all the songs are shorter now because this is where we are when the wax cylinder Absolutely. first came out the songs became shorter to accompany the wax cylinder when albums were a certain size it made sense to put 12 songs on the album because that's how many would fit on the album we're just in a different place right now um especially for up-and-coming artists right okay let's yeah. look at like the 40s 50s 60s right what would you do if you were a band you'd have one good song You'd scratch the money together. You go to the studio, record it. Then you take that single to the radio station and say, spin this. And if you if right. they spun it and you got big, then you could do an album. Exactly. So we are back there now. We're back there now. Mm -hmm. It's just a different way. So we're yeah, putting if you're out Taylor one Swift or Ed Sheeran, you can put out a double album and everyone wants to listen to every song. And, and you can create the buzz. I think that's the other piece mm -hmm. is like doing singles in this environment. Like you said, for up and coming artists, it, it helps create more things uh to yeah. build the buzz and to build right. like start a wave and then continue to build it and build it mm -hmm. and build it instead of oh we released an album back in january but it's december now and everyone forgot about it so right. great hey you, you want to listen to my new album that came out in january or do you listen to my sing like i could have released the song that i'm releasing on november 30th i could have released that in J july right but now i get to release it again i get to do a lyric video and a music video and visualizers and all that kind of stuff. We get to pitch it to radio stations and people can interview us about it. There's just so much to it. So I'd say if you're an up and coming artist listening, forget the album, forget it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know it hurts. It hurts. It hurts me. <laughs> but every metric on the planet says do it this way. So you should, yep. you should do it this way. So and we're it, calling it, this season I three. Agree. Season three. And so like, are you doing like a monthly season, like seasonal release or is it weekly or what do you guys, it's uh, a, what's your goal? There. Yeah, so our mainline singles are going to be 45 days apart. Nice. So November 30th is our next one. Now, obviously, Calling All Cars was released July 7th, but we went took some time to really tighten everything down, and we've released a lot of old content. These 30 songs in 30 days challenge thing that I did, where um, DJ Wiggs, shout out, would produce a song in the morning. He'd get it to me at noon. I would write for it, write with it that afternoon. At night, I would record it. Then I would sit down, mix it, master it, release it all in 24 hours. Damn. So if you see on the Instagram, if you see like some weird song, it's like that video is weird and uncomfortable. And that song is really not very good. Those are the 30 songs for 30 days. So we wanted to like build That's this amazing. background and like have that sort of pillow of like content that people can see once we start releasing the really hot stuff. So November 30th is, is episode two of season three. And then 45 days later on, I guess, July, January 15th, we will move on to episode three, which I'm excited about. I love well. it. I love it. And that is, it's a conversation I've had with a lot of different artists as well, encouraging them to the same thing, 
And it was hard for me because I am an album listener. Like Jay Cole yeah. picks out a new album, I, it's start to finish. I'm going yeah. through it, and damn near every time I listen to him, it's start to finish. I just love albums. But like I said, um, there, right now we're releasing – like everyone knows who Jay Cole is. He literally brags right. about not doing promo because he doesn't have to. He's just like, right. hey, guess what? I just dropped an album, and it goes platinum um, right. or diamond or whatever. And, and so it's – I think it is an essential move for artists and it, I think it's a better use of resources uh, when it comes to time and energy. It's like, you're going to put the same amount of, of energy to promote a five song EP even, or a full length album that you would for that one single. So you might as well spread that out throughout the year and continue to have things uh, to connect with your audience and, and bring them into, into like, I, I call it the ecosystem, like all the social webs and how you connect with people, mm -hmm. uh, but bringing them into that ecosystem. But so on that idea of confidence, um, you said you were struggling with that. And then you took this yeah. step with the producer. Was there something, was there a conversation? Was there someone that, pushed you towards that or was it just something internally where you you knew i have to step through this to overcome this piece you know i sort of think wonder if COVID had something to do with it i made the decision during COVID is like any any type of create at home hip-hop thing i'm gonna say yes to it because i ain't doing tours right now i'm not out doing shows so i'm gonna say yes to all this stuff and he did his own 30-day challenge where he was going to post a beat a day for 30 days and i didn't really know him as a beat maker I just kind of knew him as a very good sound guy and a, a, just a super nice dude. And he's always posting these beats. I'm like, well, this is actually pretty good. I don't need to get in his lab and see like what he's doing. And then the next day it was pretty good. And the next day, and then like day six, he put out a beat and that's calling all cars. And I was like, this is really good. Let's, <laughs> let's do work on this. So me, him, infinite skills and Jay Bush got together on this song. And I feel like it's great. And it's like two minutes and 48 seconds, but feels like a lifetime. Very cinematic, very ep just, just great song. And that was like that. Once I got in the studio with him, I was like, I can do work with this guy and we can make very good stuff. And I think the biggest thing was, was he gave me the biggest part of confidence that he gave me was being confident in the creation being the reward. Like I knew that whatever we made in the studio was going to be so good that if only I heard it, I would be so happy. That's awesome. And that's, that's it. And that's really what you got to do. Any, like I, I use this analogy a lot in interviews, but I talk about fishing and fishing is expensive or can be expensive. Hunting expensive, boating also expensive. Those guys spend five, 10, 15, 30, who knows how much they spend on boats? They spend a lot of money on their hobby because they like to do it. Mm -hmm. So when you're a musician and somebody's like, hey, um, there's a NACA convention in Dallas. It's going to cost you $600 to fly there. And then the hotel's going to be expensive. And then there is a showcase fee. And you go, nah, man, I don't pay to play. I got to make money. <laughs> okay. All that's right. fine. <laughs> On one hand, it's a hobby. So if Courageous and I go to a convention and we spend $3,000 to go to the convention, but mm -hmm. we get one show or two shows and we break even, right. great. It's a hobby. I know hobby. people who spend about that going on elk hunting trips for 10 days. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. that's a good or point. People spend $60,000 on boats, but then they won't do a show. <laughs> like, I'll play for free. 
I don't care. Like if the show is right and it makes sense, then then sure I'll play for free because a I enjoy it, but b you just don't know. And I would say you know don't don't give away your time, don't yeah. you know? But know when it's appropriate to give away your time because there are some. When people- I think of it, you see it as a we saw it as an investment. It's like right. okay, I mean ultimately when we first started, I think we invested uh, upward to ten thousand dollars. Uh, yeah. to get in there but uh, we saw within about a year and a half uh, a return of forty thousand dollars and yeah. so i mean we're not talking like we're making it rain but at the end of the day you're coming out ahead and it was only one component of our strategy anyway course, so yeah. it's like you have other streams of income coming in and so yeah it's i think that is a mindset shift that people have to see it's like like i love jordan's and I'm I'm falling in love with watches now, and I'm realizing those are even more expensive. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a producer, and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm looking at watches now. He's like, maybe you should just buy more recording gear, Miguel. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, because if I buy more recording gear, it actually makes me money. And, right. and yeah, so it's like seeing those places your, to your invest hobby. in yourself as an artist, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. And, I mean, you put a, a watch on your wrist, and it's just – it's just a watch, you know. <laughs> right, right. It just—it's just, it's just metal it and plastic, really cool, mushed together in a certain way. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I, I try to, um, I, I try to remind people that, and, and I don't want to demean anybody by saying it's a hobby. I say that because if it is just a hobby, it's okay to spend money on it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's just say that. Let's just say it's just straight a hobby, and you'll never make money on it. It's okay to spend money on it if you're happy with the creation. It's okay to spend money on a boat if you're happy with the boat, right? It's your life. It's your time. However, Mm -hmm. if you spend $40,000 on a boat and then you come to me saying, hey, Lane, (laughs) how come you got to do the college shows, but I didn't? I'll go, well, you have a boat. I don't have a boat, (laughs) right? Right. So that's that's a a, a component of it too. Um, And I was talking to an artist this week about uh, video. And yeah. looking at their promo, trying to talk with them, because uh, I'm I'm also an agent now behind the scenes and helping book for other artists. And it's been yeah. a great experience um, with a company called Generation Relevant. And they were just sharing frustrations. And and I looked through their promo like while we're on the phone and just talking through it. It's like, hey, here's the things I see. And they're like, ah, I just have. You know, I, they have some real shit they have to spend money on. They're, they're actually not buying boats or anything. It's like some real life shit. Um, but at the end of the day, I was like, you, you have to look at it as a product you're investing in, because it's like, if you put a thousand dollars into a video or hell, put $200 into a video, find someone who's just starting, (laughs) who can do better than you and get good sound that one, like one video I was telling them, I invested just $200 on and that booked like almost half the shows that I got this last year. And so it's like, you start putting that math together. It's like, it pays off that investment, or you can just keep playing clubs for a $50, Like the pain of driving to Chicago in a blizzard and walking away at two in the morning with $75 from the door to split with three people. I was like, fuck that <laughs> you know and it's, it's fun, like you, but... you can oh yeah it was, it was it was great and i met a cool band they're they called church booty it was 12 it was a 12 person uh funk band called church booty and they got them on the stage it's like five by five or something in a club that was fun but at the end of the day you can't sustain your passion if you're if you're doing that right so, so yeah so I agree, there, it's, it's a delicate it's a delicate balance and something i'm learning too is like 
yeah, I have my little home studio here, but like being okay with giving away money to producers and stuff, like spending time Amen. on as opposed to buying all my own gear and doing it myself, finding people you can trust to collaborate with. Like, cause that's the biggest mm. thing. You don't have the time to be an expert in all the fields. So like you got to be able to, to collaborate with people and trust beat maker to make the beat and trust producer to put in all your vocals the right way. And you know, it's on his computer, not on mine. So it's not in my brain space. It's all, I can forget about it while I'm not at the studio. Then I can go there and it's like game time mode. So, so I'm kind of away from home studio stuff right now. I feel you, man. And that's a, like my studio is built more for demos and like some yeah. EDM stuff and those kind of things. And uh, it's funny you said that and you, the words you use, especially that word trust. So the podcast that I I've, I uh, recorded last night uh, was a great band, uh, but they, they're kind of branching out, working with different people and, and thinking about doing it all internally versus working with people outside the band. And they knew I, I, I'm always working with a producer. I love that, that relationship. And it's been so helpful. And they asked me about that. And that's what I told them. It's like, I, I just feel like it helps so much because it lifts it beyond what I can do. Uh, and it, and it, yeah, like I said, the brain space, but you have to have that trust. And when I heard the story of you and the beat maker, what's his name that you've been doing? Uh, I make Will Johnson, Will Johnson. So where you knew going into that studio, like you just had that trust, like it's going to be so amazing at the end of it. Like I know where he's going. He knows where I'm going. Right. It's like, once you have that trust, oh my God. Yeah. So again, if there's other artists listening to this and they're probably sick of me because I talk about producers all the time. And so how who, uh, who are you producing with in, uh, uh, in the city? Right now I'm working with a guy named Matt Richards. Uh, he's cool. with a company called Avenue Record Company. And it was one of those things where, I was listening to a friend's track and I was thinking through who I was going to work with, with the next project. And, uh, and I, I heard her track and I was like, this is phenomenal production. And I'm like, who is this? And she told me the name. I realized he was actually set up to do an interview with me on the podcast, like the next week. Oh, I, I, just, I had got his name through other, through other avenues and, yeah. and didn't realize, like just didn't put the connection and we just hit it off as like friends but then the trust in his work, oh my God, and the stuff we're working on for 2022, so excited about. And also working with, there's a guy named Josh Gleave out of Nashville, and then there's uh, two guys, the Berkwin brothers, that I'm working on some stuff with as well. And that process is huge. And and yeah, like you said, though, that word trust, and it sounds like you got mm -hmm. someone running with you on for season three that you trust very much so. Totally, yeah. Yeah, it's all about being able to not, you don't have to make all the money, you don't have to do all the things because you don't have enough time for it. Yeah. What are you good at? Are you good at writing it, writing a guitar and singing and writing lyrics? Cool. Do that. You, if you're good at that, it's better and better at not, that. <laughs> right. You're right. So if you're, well, one thing, yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry. And like, I'm almost to the end of where of, of my time, but, and I know you got a million things to do, but, one thing I, I found really interesting, I think we're in Houston, just probably like in between some session or something, and we're talking, it's I realized you, you're a realtor as well. Yeah, it's true. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, so you're you're a rapper, <laughs> you're a spoken word artist, and then you're also holding down this whole other business that seems to a lot of people are way different, which is funny. I had another uh, previous guest who's also a rapper and is working on like investment properties, those kind of yeah. things too. And um, where, how does that, how do you make it fit? 
putting those pieces together? It's extremely hard. I'm going to tell you, it's very difficult. Um, so basically what happened was when we got signed to just Wigan entertainment in 2013, it got to the point where he was, we were getting so many shows that I couldn't keep working my little job, my job, job, it just was not going to work. So I had to get something flexible and real estate was the answer. Right. And then, so as time went on, I was able to, I used poetry money to get my real estate license because that costs money. That's and amazing. Then, right. And then I used more of my poetry <laughs> money to uh, buy a house and renovate it and flip it. So like, that's another lesson too. It's like, if you get money from a show, you can spend it on something frivolous for yourself or you can save it. Hmm. I know it's a big secret. You save it and then you have more of it. That gives you more power to do things. And there's this ugly house that everybody complained about in town. And, you know, it was like all overrun with rats and just falling apart. And we were able to take this poetry money and put it into this house and then make the house beautiful again. So now it's like a cool thing that that everybody gets to see because I took a chance and went out and and saw the world with Courageous and we, we, we toured around. I took that money, saved it. And then, and then, so then we sold that one and now I've got a little chunk of money from that. And then you're able to just sort of parlay those things. And it all started because we, we saved money. So uh, real estate being flexible helps. But also the component that people don't realize about real estate is it's very much the no business, right? It's like you got the show business and then the no business. And real estate's all about who you know. And I didn't really know anybody here. Hmm. So I had to get in the habit of, of knowing people. And one way to get known more is to be different. So when people say, this guy travels the country performing at colleges and convention centers, that's like, that's like a different thing. So it makes you stand out. So that sort of helped my, right. It helped my real estate side a little bit. So yeah, they, really they, cool. it, they're different, but they are, they are, they work together relatively well. I love it. Cause I hear folks too, too often be like, you know, so what's your quote unquote real job, you know, when you're a performer, but I love that you used your performing to quote unquote, get you a real job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's, you know, that's amazing. Your poetry money funded your real estate business and got you there. I, I love that. I love, yeah. love, love that. Yeah, story. I think more people need to be doing that and, and, and considering that because jobs are fine, like job jobs, like, you know, eight, 40 hours a week, whatever, that's fine. But with real estate, I consider it self-employment, poetry, self-employment jobs were never going to work for me. Like it just was not going to work. My brain. You, every time I've tried, it's, it's just not gone there very yeah, well. I, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think it will ever work. So I, I'm, I'm past a place where I'm like blaming my previous jobs for being bad. It's like, it just wasn't going to work for me. It was really my fault. It was my brain was different, not better, <laughs> different and, and too different to fit in with these jobs and to clock in every day. And go, I'm going to make this mortgage company some money. It's like, no, I just, I don't, I don't care if the CEO likes me, right? Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, my, my life is better than his right now. It is. And that's not me like bragging. My life's better than his. He works too much. He's not happy. I don't care how much money he makes. My life's better than his. Right. So I think more people got to understand like what is, what is good in life. And the fact is it's usually not money. It's usually something else. It's how you spend your time. And if you're spending the time, your time, the way you want to spend it, then that can lead you to, um, not happiness because I don't like that word and I've, I've discussed that before but uh uh completion to um fulfillment fulfillment there it is, is yeah okay. happiness is is happens randomly when good things break your way every once in a while but it's not something to base right. your life around that's pretty cool I dig that man 
Um, well, last two questions based off of the podcast name, Live and Create. Um, yeah. Right now, uh, the first one or two, right now, how would you define living a great life? Oh, boy. That's good. We kind of just, we've kind of just touched on that, but um, you know, I think seeing the world connecting with people, maybe not even the world, your world, I don't know, but, but traveling, connecting with people, owning your time, mm. like knowing that time is the only thing that matters. Like that's it. Um, not being just too chained to money. Like everybody's got to have like everybody's got to have something to, to live by or you can make your own crops. Right. So it's like one of those two things you got to have money, but you cannot make it your sole um, purpose of existence. Quote I heard one time, which is that he who has mastered the art of life makes no distinction between his work and his play to hmm. him. He's always doing both. Love that. So maybe, maybe that's mastering the art of life is figuring out the way work and play can can interact with each other and, and make you money. And most importantly, give you power to go help people. Like I, since I make my own schedule, I can go down to the food pantry and I can put food in people's cars and I can serve on nonprofit boards. Like stuff like that is, is really cool. And if you don't own your own time, you can't do that. So mastering the art of life, maybe that's just the, the key. I love that, man. Who, what's that quote from? I don't know. And I think it might be one of those where we have an idea, but we don't really know exactly who it is. So you can just claim it. I'll just put you in. I'll just claim it. Lane Schuler <laughs> official quote. Yeah. It might be like so old that it's like untraceable who actually came up with it. Right. Awesome, man. And so for the last question, how currently, how would you define creating great things? Hmm. Hmm. Creating great things. I think there's a time element. There is a component of that. I think something that's important, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but like on one hand, you can't be so critical that you never put anything out. On the other hand, you cannot be so confident that you think everything you do is great. So like <laughs> people always ask me like, how did y'all get so good at this? Or how did you and Will, like Will probably made a thousand beats that he thought were garbage and he put them away. He didn't put them out there. Right. And I've made countless songs that I didn't think were that great. And I didn't want to put them out there. So because I didn't have confidence over bad material, I'm able now to share this, this good material. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it's time, it's effort, it's care. And I think like when I go to a restaurant, all I really want, I just want y'all to care. Like if the, if they're trying to put stuff together that makes it seem like they care and they bring it out to me, I'm like, okay, like, this is good. You know, like you, you cared about it. And that's a big part of it. like care about the product that you're putting out there. I know in the TikTok world, it's you can, you know, sit in a hot tub and say you're an island boy for a minute and a half. <laughs> and I guess you've seen that. Yeah, um, there's a lot of a lot of those kind of things out there. Yeah, well, it's fine. It's a weird world. It's like used to be. It's like I could watch Seinfeld on Thursday, and then Friday. I could go to the office and everybody, like, hey, uh, she's not a stickler for the tickler. And everybody's like, yeah, stickler. Right. But now, because we have this algorithmic information exchange, I could see a joke on TikTok that has like 400 billion views, but you may never have seen it. Right. So it's very hard. That's why I have and to. It's have to like, sadly, watch. all the people who are watching that's in Australia and you may never see them, right. you know, <laughs> anytime soon, at least. <laughs> and I have multiple Instagram accounts. And the reels on each of those accounts are very different. 
One of the right. things that I love skateboarding, and I have not stepped foot on a skateboard in about 15 years. <laughs> Actually, more than that, I think. No, 15 years. And then the other one thinks I'm really into cats, which I am. Well, there you go. They nailed one so, of them. They nailed one of them. And the other one thinks I'm into cooking, which I'm not. Nah, I like food. I like food. But anyways, I say all that to say, yes, the TikTok culture is sort of permeated in our heads that you can kind of just put together things randomly and get lucky, but be creating be creating things that you care about, that you've thought about, and be focusing on becoming a better artist. Be careful about what you put in your your brain too. And I've been that way for 20 years with rap. Like people think I'm like a rap snob and I really, I try not to be, but I have to tell people like my brain is a sponge, like stuff that goes in it sticks. So if I listen right. to rap that isn't exactly they're not trying very hard, right? They're just kind of, they're just kind of flowing and they're not really on beat and they're not pushing themselves. Then I pick that up. So I have to be consistently "Mm -hmm." right. And that's one of the reasons why I listen to more like rock music and more like, you know, alternative music than I do. Um, That's why I listen to more rock music and more alternative music than I do a lot of other things, because that can impact my other art forms in a way and not change the way I present those art forms, if that makes sense. Right. so be careful about what you put in your body and care about what you bring out to the world and that's interesting uh other rappers i've talked with a lot of them say they listen to rock music and are inspired mm-hmm. uh the royal chief uh is on he's actually going to be on a track of that we're that i'm releasing uh this upcoming summer 2022 great cool. rapper as well and uh but when i ask like what he's listened to it's all like rock stuff you know yeah. and and i find that really interesting because i do rock and i do pop and I spent a great deal of my time listening to rap. It's, yeah. it's kind of where I gravitate to. And I learned so much that I feel like I try to apply there. But, uh, well, man, it's been a great conversation. Let everyone yeah. know one more time the links um, where they can find you and connect with you and listen to you. Yeah. Go to uh, Instagram, lane.schuler. That's for my hip hop music. And then at Ink Spoken Word for the poetry. And you can go to inkspokenword.com for more information on that. Boom. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.